Hey everybody, Mike DiCepoli here. Welcome to the Heritage Market Update for the third quarter of 2021. I hope this video finds you well and enjoying the summer months, trying to stay cool to the best of your abilities. As part of our process, we are back with another Market Outlook video to give you some of our thoughts for the third quarter as we move through the summer here in the markets, as well as recap some of the action from the second quarter, highlight the performance, talk about some of the key themes, and let you know where we stand with our portfolio strategy. After a stumble out of the gate in the second quarter, uh, markets posted very strong returns for the second quarter. So let's take a look at our three major market averages and how they fared in Q2. First, taking a look at the Dow Jones, closing the quarter at 34,502 for a gain of 4.6%. Next, we'll look at the NASDAQ, the technology index, closing the quarter at 14,503 for a gain of 9.4%, NASDAQ led the pack, led the way for the second quarter, uh, no surprise there. And last, the S&P 500 closing the quarter at 4,297 for a gain of 8.1%. So like I said, markets had a real nice rebound mid-quarter. We had a lot of concerns in the early stages of the second quarter about fears about rising interest rates and the effect it may have on the economic recovery. Uh, but markets got over that hump, got over those fears, and posted some very strong gains for Q2. So now as we look at Q3, we look at our outlook for the summer. We're trying to identify a couple things. We're looking for strengths, weaknesses, and opportunities. And the first way we're going to do that is by looking at the U.S. economy, right? So let's get an update here quickly on some of the key economic data points that we follow to help us gauge this economic recovery. We watch these data points very closely. Some of them are weekly, some are monthly, some are quarterly, but these give you a good idea if we're heading in the right direction. So first we take a look at GDP, gross domestic product, total output, uh, economic output for the United States. It came in an increased rate of 6.4% annualized for the year. So if you remember, long-term averages of GDP for the U.S or somewhere between 28 and 3.2%. As we went into the pandemic, we saw a major contraction in GDP, where GDP fell by about 32%, followed by a snapback recovery in 2020 of a 33% gain, so kind of undoing some of the pandemic pain. And now we're starting to see growth slow down a little bit, which is to be expected, right? We're not going to continue to grow at 30% a year. Uh, but nonetheless, 6.4 annualized rate looks pretty good. Hopefully we can keep that up through and well into 2022 to help this economy recover. Next, we want to take a look at unemployment, right? The labor market is a big part of judging how consumers here in the U.S. are doing. We are very much a consumer-driven economy, so it's always important to take a look at our labor statistics. So again, labor uh, looking better than it did a year ago for certain. The unemployment rate has now fallen to 5.9%. If you remember back in 2020, the pandemic high was 14.7% in April of 2020. Uh, so certainly have done a lot of good work moving in the right direction, uh, but we still have work to do. We'd like to see this unemployment rate get down closer to its historical norms below 4%. Generally speaking, around 3.5% would be what the Fed considers full, on, uh, full employment, not full unemployment. So 
One of the issues we're seeing, and we think a lot of it is tied to the economic reopening and some of the uh, additional stimulus and unemployment benefits people are getting, is we're seeing that not all Americans are returning to the workforce. So currently, uh, we have 9.1 million Amer Americans out of work, right? That makes up that 5.9% unemployment rate. But we have 9.2 million job openings, right? So if you pair the two numbers together, you would think it'd be a perfect fit. We can get everybody back to work, but obviously people have to seek their desires. Maybe these jobs that are available are not at the pay scale or um, locations or desirability that they seek. But nonetheless, this is one of the side effects of all the expanded stimulus that we've done. We have unemployment just here in the state of New York with the additional benefits pays about 42,500 a year. Uh, so any jobs that are paying below that are having a difficulty filling those positions. That's something that bears watching. Um, again, we don't think it's something that's going to totally derail the recovery. Unemployment benefits are expected to roll off in the coming months, but we want to make sure, keep an eye on that, and start to see those numbers move in the right direction. We also want to look at housing. Housing is the greatest leading indicator for the U.S. economy. It tells us a lot about mobility and how consumers are feeling, um, and we're seeing excessive gains in housing. Housing has been on fire, whether it's new builds or existing home sales. Uh, and we think this is fueled by two things. Number one, you have a lot of liquidity in the system, very low interest rates, which is good for borrowers. And we have low inventory, right? Because even coming out of the pandemic, you have some people that may want to move, still a, bit, a little bit leery to do it, may not want to be showing their house uh, you know, to uh, potential buyers during a pandemic. So we think that has led to lower than average inventory. And of course, with a lot of people relocating out of cities, um, it has led to high demand. So again, keeping an eye on housing. Housing looks very strong. Uh, we expect, of course, it should cool off at some point as rates start to go back up, uh, but we're not there just yet. Next, we want to talk about monetary policy, right? The Federal Reserve has played a very big role in this recovery. They've in intervened at several different points uh, with different stimulus programs. So let's take a look at where we're at monetary policy and what we can expect over the next six to 12 months. So the Federal Reserve has committed to having zero interest rate policy in place through the end of 2022. They have not changed on that stance, but the market through the Treasury market was starting to anticipate that if economic growth got too hot, meaning too, it started growing too quickly, the Fed would move, change their mind, and maybe raise rates before the end of 2022. It is our view that that will not happen. Nonetheless, that will not stop the market from worrying about it. Uh, but even with recent uh, Delta variant concerns, maybe putting a little bit of a dent in the growth forecast, we think that will make the Fed stay put and keep the rates unchanged through the end of 2022. Uh, there was, this was a lot of concern that we saw in March and April when the economy really looked to be heating up. Uh, many market pundits were starting to suggest the Fed would raise rates sooner than expected, and that took a little bit of a bite out of some of our growth and tech stocks. But we've started to see that stabilize. We like what we see there, and we think the Fed uh, will be committed to keeping the course, letting the economy get back to full employment, get all of our growth recovery underway before they even consider raising interest rates. Now, looking at some of the key economic themes, both for last quarter and moving into this quarter, these are a few things we really wanted to touch on. We think they're very important in the context of what's going on in our market. So first, the economic recovery. Is the economic recovery still underway? We believe that it is. 
Again, as we spoke about, these big GDP numbers that we saw last year and into this year, we're not going to continue to grow at that rate. As we start to get back a little bit more towards normalcy, growth curves and the growth rates will slow down a little bit, but we still believe this economic recovery is underway. We think it has a firm grip and things right now to us look good. Now the big outlier, right, is this concern about the Delta variant. Will this throw off the trajectory of our recovery? Will this be something we can contend with or will this be something that um, is a little bit too much to handle? We think the U.S. is well prepared for this. Obviously it bears watching. We are not medical professionals, uh, but if this takes the shape of some of the other outbreaks over the last couple months, we think that the recovery should still remain intact. Interest rates. There's been a lot of discussion about interest rates in the market. Again, the Fed has committed to low rates. The stock market likes low rates. It's very stimulative for equity prices. We don't anticipate any changes in interest rate policy until at least end of 2022, early 2023. And while that's not as far away as it was six months ago, we still have quite the runway to get there. Inflation has been, become a big theme in the markets. You probably heard a lot about it. And we're certainly seeing inflation in the economy. Now, we do believe that a decent amount of the inflation is tied to the economic reopening. If you consider the fact that a lot of the world economically was shut down for a period of time, people are reemerging, they have money to spend because personal savings are at an all-time high, they have a desire to travel and seek out services and goods, and you have a lot of people doing this at the same time, counterbalancing with the labor shortage I mentioned before, where we still have a lot of job openings that are unable to be filled. So the natural cause and effect here is prices go up. Uh, we do anticipate that this will start to ebb and flow as unemployment benefits roll off and the labor force becomes more full. But inflation is something we're watching. Now it does bear saying that in the early stages of inflation, it's actually bullish for equity prices as people seek a safe haven that will allow them a return that will keep up ahead of the pace of inflation. So we don't think it's bad for the market, but we don't want to see it get out of control either. And I think the Fed has a pretty good grip on this, so we'll report back on this in the future. That inflationary pressure we saw in some particular commodities, right? You probably heard stories about the price of lumber going through the roof, the price of steel, the price of used automobiles. There are certain areas of the economy that were hit a lot harder by inflation. We started to see some of those areas top off and come back down uh, towards more normal levels. So we'll have to report back on that. It bears some watching, but we think some of the pressures are starting to ease. And the last thing I wanted to talk about as far as themes go is what we would call this fragmented market that you've seen where we really don't have any synchronization between the Dow Jones, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500. We've had a lot of days over the previous quarter where it's either the NASDAQ is leading the charge and the Dow is down for the day or vice versa, the Dow is up strongly and the NASDAQ is lower. So we've had a lot of questions people want to know. You know, this seems a little abnormal. We're not really used to this. Why is this happening? Um, so number one, we think it's happening because if you really oversimplify it and you break down the market indexes into two main groups, the Dow Jones represents your reopening stocks, right? Stocks tied to the economic recovery. And the NASDAQ represents technology in which a lot of stay-at-home stocks are in that basket. So as the economy started to try to get a grip on what's going on in the world, are we coming out of COVID? Are we going back into lockdowns? We've seen this dichotomy in the markets where when the outlook looks positive for reopening, the Dow leads the charge because you have a lot of travel and leisure and industrial-based companies in there. 
And when any, any time that there's fears about COVID resurgence or um, the likes, we see the technology sector and a lot of the stay-at-home companies take over. We don't think this fragmentation will last forever. Uh, in our case, we tend to lean a little bit more favorable towards tech and growth, and we think that's going to be the way forward. But nonetheless, we are acknowledging what you've seen in the market is a little abnormal, and this is this push and pull between the reopening and the stay-at-home companies. So uh, we think it'll work itself out. We'll start to see a little bit more of the markets trading in sync, but we wanted to touch on that briefly in one of our key economic themes. Now, going forward, looking at our portfolio strategy for the third quarter and beyond, uh, not a lot of changes in, in our thesis and belief system as far as where we think this market is going. Yields are low, interest rates are low, stimulus is running high, and we think that is the ideal scenario to own growth stocks, tech stocks, software stocks, and the likes. That does not mean we're putting all of our eggs in one basket. Uh, we're still diversifying ourselves to include some of the travel and leisure recovery plays that we think uh, will benefit our investors a lot, but we think this environment um, is ripe for growth stocks. We think the market uh, will perform well through the end of the summer and into the fall. I think a lot of the setup right now suggests that. And one thing I wanted to mention particularly is investor sentiment. Investor sentiment is how investors feel. What is their mood about the market? Optimism versus pessimism. And pessimism is running at all-time highs right now. There is a lot of fear in this marketplace. The fear and greed index, which we'll put up on the screen here now, um, is running right now at extreme fear. Uh, which is not how bull markets end, right? This is a very contrarian view. Um, when all investors are already one foot out of the water and expecting a crash, that is usually when crashes do not happen. That is actually a very good setup for an explosive rally because you have a lot of people that are waiting for the market to fall, and when it doesn't, they're going to chase it higher. So we think the setup here for the market is very good. Obviously, we had a very strong first half. We're very happy with the results, uh, but there's still work to be done, and we think the second half holds a lot of good things for our portfolio strategy and for you, our clients. So uh, that is our, <clears throat> excuse me, that's our update on the market here, our third quarter outlook. As always, if you have any questions, we encourage you to reach out to us. We're always here to talk to you about the things that matter with your money. We wanted to look, deliver this timely update to let you know where we've been and where we think we're going. Uh, so reach out to us for any questions you have. As always, we thank you so much for the trust and confidence that you have in our firm. It means a lot to us, and it's a responsibility that we will never take lightly. So we hope you enjoyed this video. Reach out to us with any questions. Have a great day, and we'll connect with you soon.